Right. There's no way that we... How do you get the... That's it. There's no way we're going to get through all this. So the first few slides I'm going to do like super, super fast. And then we're going to get to the bit. In many ways, what I'm talking about this morning, I wouldn't worry if you don't get it because we're going to spend quite literally the whole year through till July talking about this on and off. We will punctuate Christmas and other things in there. Um, But just can I just say, before we get going... um, I know some people like the sense of order and um, structure, but not but. I get that. And without God's presence, this is just a social club and we're just not interested. So, and unfortunately, with God's presence comes this sense sometimes just of a bit of mess at times. And so I say unfortunately because I get it. For some people, they they like to know. I understand that. I I probably have a little bit of that tendency. And over the years, I've just had to let go and let God do his thing. Um, So increasingly, we want to just be keep creating spaces. You know, someone could go for therapy for 10 years for an issue. Give them two minutes in the presence of God like that. And it doesn't always work. I'm not saying it always works like that. And there's nothing wrong with therapy, clearly. You know, therapy's great. That's all fine. But um, just one touch from the king changes everything, is that song. Terrible song. But the song says, you know, in my, in my opinion. In my, I'm so sorry. It's only my opinion. Maybe the way, it's the way I've heard it sung. I don't know. Anyway, but it's so true. It's so true. Just one touch. So even just, even just the guy who came in this morning and then it, the pain in his calf disappeared from where he's got a calf strain sure he could have waited two weeks and the pain would have gone but God says watch this and there are so many watch this is that God has got lined up because we as much as renew is awesome as much as coffee club is brilliant at gathering people together as much as we do some wonderful things coffee club is never going to save anybody you, you, we all know this, right? I mean, it's great coffee, it's friendship, it's the beehive. Oh, I love it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's Jesus. It can only be Jesus and the Holy Spirit and Father and whatever. Okay, so, right, let's get going. So, this is what we're looking at. It's going to come up here, 15 minutes. So, yes, I know what I was going to say. Worship in the round. Yes. This coming Saturday, worship in the round, 8 o'clock. 8 till 9.30. 8 till 9.30, it might be 10. But 8, anyway... <laughs> And what it is, is we have this picture. God has spoken to us about there being a fire in the middle of the auditorium. The fire, of course, represents his presence. And then as a family, we stand around his fire. And we just, we just worship him. So we're really nervous. We know if we put chairs out, people just take it down six notches. So we want people to be able to have chairs. But equally, the atmosphere isn't chairs. It's not even particularly ministry. We're just coming to worship. And what we actually picture is, in the end, the the event can't stay in here because there are so many people that are turning up saying, I just want to worship. That's all I want to do. I just want to worship and I want to worship him and I want to worship. We're going to do it for eternity. So um, we we just feel like it's just practice for eternity. We could have called it that, practice for eternity. But we call it worship in the round instead. So it's this coming Saturday, 8 o'clock. Please, please, please consider coming. Bring your friends and your enthusiasm. That's brilliant. Um, Okay, here we go. So these are the three things we've been looking at. Who we are, which Nick spoke so brilliantly about last week, and if you haven't heard it, uh, honestly, you really should um, get it. She knocked it out of the park. I'm doing, um, in slightly shorter time, um, what we're like 
our culture today. And next week is CAT. Yes? Doing what we do. And next week, we are officially... What's the word? Yes, commissioning. I nearly said inducing CAT, and I thought... No, that's, that's, that's not the right thing, is it? Um, <clears throat> we are commissioning Kat. Now, obviously, she was, uh, she was kind of commissioned as a pastor last year, but none of you could be here. So we, we did it. I think we did it online. Did we do it online? We did it in the car. Oh, in the car park for the 10th birthday. Yes, we did, yeah. Around a fire. Come on, God. There's a definite theme. You wait for bonfire night, it's going to be crazy. But anyway, uh, so next Sunday, we are going to be commissioning Kat. Like, as a people, we come and we say, yes, we affirm you uh, as a pastor here and thank God for the calling on her life. And then Kat's going to speak and all that. So that's good, right? So that's a great Saturday and Sunday lined up. There's probably some football happening and some other stuff. But, yeah. uh, okay, <clears throat> so this is what Nick spoke about last week. Literally, I'm just going to read it out. We're a family on a mission. This is who we are. We are a family on a mission who creates spaces for people to encounter God, be equipped to bring life to the city, and experience the outworking of this in their day-to-day. Have I got time? Come on, I'm just going to say it. This is going to come across really blunt because I was going to take five minutes. I'm going to take 30 seconds. This is a slight... I'm just going to step on my soapbox just for a minute. We're a family. So can you do me a favour? If you're thinking of leaving, can you do it well? That would really just help, okay? Because what I don't get about, and I don't mean as offence to me, I mean as a family, that thing when people treat it more like a restaurant. Oh, well, I got cold fish there one day. Yeah, my meal wasn't quite right, so I'm just not going back there. Well, I never walk home and think, oh, I'm about to come in my front door to my family and think, well, I had a bit of an argument with Nick this morning, so yeah, just, yeah, I'm off. I'm going to find another family. Got the ache. It's like, it's family, right? It's family. And sure, people sometimes get called on by God to go somewhere else. Of course. And we think that's fab and brilliant. And after all, it's all his church. He can move us where he likes. But it's that thing of we are a family, not a shopping experience, and we're not a restaurant, and we're not any of those other things. So that's that done. Step off soapbox. Uh, and back here. Brilliant. So this is what we're doing today, what we're like. Our values, our culture. This is what we're like. Every family, group, church, company, tennis club, political organisation, doesn't matter what it is, there is a culture. Even your family at home has a culture. It's how we do things. It's what we're like. And we describe culture as this. The environment we curate to nurture the things we wish to see. The environment we curate. If you curate something, you pull something together, you sift it, you sort it, you tend to it, care for it, look after it, shape it. So the environment we curate to nurture the things we wish to see. Well, what are the things we wish to see? Well, these are the things we wish to see. This is what we're here for. God said, I've I've called you, chosen you, appointed you to go to Ashford and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so we are here to bring life. The John 10.10 life, as we call it, when Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So this is what we're here to do. 
So if you like, the culture is like the greenhouse. So I'll explain this really quickly. If I want to grow tomatoes, I'm going to have to create the atmosphere for the tomatoes that enables them to grow. Yeah, is that really simple? You, you, will, go, you will get the principle of that, right? Now, I don't know much about gardening, so I'm not going to tell you what environment tomatoes need. But we are going to assume they need some warmth and they need some light and they need some shelter from the frost and all those kinds of things. So they need a specific environment in order to grow into the thing that they're designed to be. We need a specific environment so that we, as individuals and as a body of people, can grow into the thing that God has called us here to be. Amen. Yes, good. Some of you need to tap into some Pentecostalism and wave some things. And, um, okay, <clears throat> so we have 11 statements that all have further statements underneath. The statements underneath, I'm not even going to show you. And I don't expect you to remember the 11 in any way, shape or form. We're going to spend time across, this whole, uh, across the whole year. We're not interested in the culture being something that gets put in a folder and puts on someone's shelf. We're not even interested in you laminating it and shoving it on your fridge. We're interested in us living this out because we believe that as we live this out, we will see the things that we long to see. So is the culture right now describing who we are or is it prescribing who we're supposed to be? Yes, is the answer to that. It is a bit of both. Some of the things you'll read and you'll say, oh, yeah, actually, do you know what? I can definitely see that. And other things you say, oh, yeah, I'm not sure we're really seeing as much of that as we'd like to. That's right. That's right. Because it's an intentional uh, process that God is taking us on. So here we go. Number one, this. God is good. Absolute foundation stone of who we are here. God is good. If you remember none others today, remember this one. God is good. God is really good. God is good. He's better than you think. So we've got underneath that, we've got statements like, we believe that God is a good father and we can trust him in every situation. We, have got, we believe that God's goodness is displayed in his abundant and unconditional love for us and the extravagant grace and compassion that he lavishes on us. This is who we are. We challenge anything we see or hear that doesn't line up with our understanding of God as a good father. God is good. It's a foundation stone of who we are. That's number one. Well done for holding your excitement in. You're doing really well. Um, number two, we, we actively seek and enjoy the presence of God, partnering with the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus. So we actively seek and then enjoy God's presence. God's presence is his Holy Spirit. We believe that the presence of God brings transformation and look to create spaces and opportunities where we can recognise God's presence, etc. We devote ourselves, listen to this, listen to this, we devote ourselves to becoming passionate worshippers of God. It does not say British worshippers of God. You know God isn't British, right? We do need to, even Jesus wasn't British. Uh, we devote ourselves to becoming passionate worshippers of God as we respond to his invitation to love him, blah, blah, blah. We devote ourselves to knowing, loving, and becoming fascinated by Jesus. That's, these are the things we devote ourselves to, all under this banner of we seek and enjoy the presence of God. We want to partner with the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus. 
Number three, we are so going to run out of time. God's always working. God is always working. He does not take days off. He is always speaking. He's always whispering. He's always up to something. If we'll only watch. I can guarantee there isn't a time that you've set foot in Lidl or Waitrose that, you, that God has not said, I can't do anything in here. God's like, no, I'm out. Can't, I just, no. Or you've walked into your workplace and thought, well, this, this, this is a, you know, I've given up. And God says, yeah, no, I'm out. I was out a few years ago. You know, can't do anything here. God is always working, always looking to be doing things. We got here, like just one of them, we boldly step into moments where miracles can happen by having a kingdom focus rather than a reliance on what we can see in the natural. And then we finish that one by saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Amen. That's brilliant. It's good. Um, this one, number four, God has a plan for our lives. I am who God says I am, and I have what he says I have. Thank you. That is unbelievably exciting. To know that God has a plan for my life. That I don't just have to fumble my way through and stumble my way through. But God actually has a plan. And God says, and I am who God says I am. I'm not who anyone else tells me I am. I'm not even who my feelings tell me I am. I am who God says I am. He made me. I need to go back to the author. We mentioned this last week. Haven't got time. Here we go. Number five. God has placed us to bring life where we are. I don't know where you are. Sometimes, right now, it's where I am. But at other times today, it won't be where I am. Wherever you step, God says, bring life. You've got the authority to bring life. You've got the commission to bring life. You've got the Holy Spirit in order to be able to bring life. Bring life. Bring life. School gates, bring life. Shops, bring life. Traffic jam, bring life. Pray for the person who just cut you up. They need it, right? Um, so we've under there, we are relentlessly outward focused. Da, da, da. We're unapologetically passionate about Ashford. We look to bring glory to God as we release design, innovation and creative solutions and beauty into this world. There is not a problem that the world has that God hasn't got an answer for. It's just us stopping long enough, believing that he's a God that's got those solutions and we tap into those. Number six, Asher Vineyard is family. Yeah, that'll do. Number seven, we, we look to love people well. So it says, as God has been generous with us, we always look to be generous with others in how we spend our time, energy, money. We are confident that God loves to release blessing and favour into our lives and we are never driven by lack. It's just one of the statements. We look to draw out the God-given identity in others by speaking words of encouragement over them and being a mouthpiece for Father God in helping them discover what they're born for. So that means we can see God says, help me out, will you? Chris, go and speak to this person here and just, I've called them to be a, I'm going to make this up, I've called them to be a dancer. Give them a nudge for me, will you? Because they're wondering about it and they just need a bit of a reminder. And then you speak a blessing on that thing that God has called them to do. Oh, gosh. I spent hours on these. All are invited. Number eight. <laughs> All are invited. Now, I think this is one of the slightly unusual things about Asher Vineyard. Any one of these 
Plenty of churches will do these. I think you put all these together, it can probably only be Asher Vineyard. Um, that's not a good thing, bad thing, it's just a thing. Um, so we love to invite people to partner with us in achieving our aims, irrespective of their level of experience, expertise, background. Everyone has a part to play in God's story for our city. Everyone. What, even those who don't know Jesus? I said everyone. Are they made in his image? Yes. In that case, they have a part to play. I know, that's exciting. Um, Number nine, God's word is powerful in changing lives. So we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about the prophetic word of God. That is the word that goes, whoa, inside you because God speaks something. So we know that God is always speaking and wanting to communicate with his family. Therefore, we place a high value on listening for his voice and recognising the ways he speaks. We believe the Bible is the living, written word of God and not simply a guidebook for life and some other statements. We're going to spend more, loads more time on these. So don't worry if you're, hopefully you're just catching it and um, getting excited. Number 10, <clears throat> love this one. We celebrate risk as we pursue the impossible. Because yeah. what was impossible yesterday is possible today. Okay, I'll say it over here. What was impossible yesterday is possible today. There is nothing that God looks at and says, that's impossible. Nothing that God looks at. He doesn't look at COVID and say, oh, that's impossible. He doesn't look at cancer and say, well, that's impossible. He doesn't look at people who can't have babies and say, not really. No, that's impossible. There's nothing that for God is impossible. But we do believe there is no growth without risk. And we placed risk higher up than success. I prayed for someone um, a week or so ago. And I said, um, how are you feeling? Give me a pain level. And they gave me a 9 out of 10. I thought, good grief, I'll have to call an ambulance in a minute. But um, gave me a 9 out of 10. It's, my wife is leading kids. She might let me have two more minutes. Um, and um, I said, how's it feeling? She said, yes, yeah, just the same. I said, right, okay, let's pray again. I prayed again. How's it feeling? Yeah, just the same. Okay, good. I've made sure I've told a number of people that story. Because I tried. Right? And I'm never going to see people healed if I stop trying. So right now, I might only see one in two healed. One in ten healed. Maybe I've never seen anyone healed. But I know this. If I don't keep praying, I'm never going to see anyone healed. Okay, that's good. Brilliant. And lastly, (laughs) this one... This is like a roller coaster. We remove obstacles to make people's route to Jesus as straightforward as possible. This is one of our original values and we have not changed it. We believe it is God's heart as a father to see all his children come into a relationship with him. And we do, mistake, and we do all we can to make this as easy and as straightforward as possible. We don't use language that is inaccessible for people. We try to avoid exclusive ins and outs and things. We believe that religion, the very last statement, is form without power. And we foster a culture that celebrates the freedom of relationship instead of the binding of religiosity. Let's stand. We've got to pray. And then I need to apologise to my wife. It's not my, it's Chris's fault. I'm going to blame Chris Tatton. (laughs) (laughs) So she loves you, mate. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm the nervous one. Anyway, Father, we love you. 
You are absolutely amazing. I thank you for everything you've done here. And I thank you that you don't, funnily enough, only turn up here. But wherever we're going from here, you are waiting there too. And you're saying, want to play? I've got some stuff to do here. And I thank you, God, that you can move, work, and do your thing, even if we're not feeling it. Because all you ask of us is just our obedience. We love your presence. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for the lives that have been changed this morning. We thank you for this culture that you have been fashioning in us. And we are excited to explore this over the coming months. And let it get deep into our hearts so that it produces incredible fruit for your kingdom, God. Amen. Okay, we have overrun. I'm so sorry. I'm probably supposed to invite Chris up. There's probably no time. No, there's no time. So if you have children upstairs, this is your priority. Please do head upstairs. And can you say, Chris says it was Tatton's fault. That would be brilliant. Thank you so much. We love you. And we'll see you at Worship in the Round, Saturday night, 8pm. God bless. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.